So if you've got a Bible, you uh, might want to start turning to Luke 19, 1 to 10. Luke 19, 1 to 10. Um, that's, where we'll begin, that's where we're going to be heading uh, this morning. If you haven't got a Bible, no worries. I'll be projecting it up on the uh, screen later. Good morning. Welcome to our annual gift day celebration. Um, if you're a visitor here this morning, don't worry, relax. We're not going to be shaking all the cash out of your pockets on your way out. Um, so we're not after your money at all, actually. And we're just very grateful that you've uh, joined us this morning. If you're a regular here, however, that's not the story. Oh, no, I'm just joking. This is a unique church, Jubilee, isn't it? I love it. Unique because we're made up of so many different nations just looking around. Unique because we're all so different. Unique because we love to experience the power of God the Holy Spirit amongst us as we hear contributions. Unique because we love to worship all out, even our kids this morning. But let me say this too. You are also unique, and you might not always get this, but you are also unique because you are generous. Actually, as a Christian people, as a people who love to worship Jesus, that's one of our markers. We are a generous people. When you look at, look at, at the makeup of this church and our jobs and our income and all that stuff, I am continuously amazed and thankful to God at the level of eye-popping, sacrificial, all-out, faithful giving that goes on here. And it's not just money either. It's time, it's service, it's yourselves stepping out. So right from the outset, Jubilee, I've said it before, I'm going to say it again. Thank you so much for being a faithful, joyful, nurturing, giving, loving people. Well done. John Piper says, The mark of a Christian is that his or her eyes are on heaven and he measures all his behavior in the here and now on what effect it will have. On heaven. We have eternity in our spirit, don't we? This is the gospel, the joy news of Christianity. Jesus, this is it, Jesus gave up all his treasure in heaven to make you his treasure. And when you keep seeing him making you his treasure, that will make you see him as your treasure more and more. So let's continue, Jubilee, to be a generous, worshipping, faithful church. A church of worshippers, white hot for Jesus. Is that okay? And so this morning we're going to be looking at another encounter with Jesus as part of our Hello Jesus. I feel like Don Smith when I say that. Hello somebody. Hello Jesus sermon series with a man called Zacchaeus. A lot of you might have read about Zacchaeus. As you read the Gospels, Jesus radically lived out his life, didn't he? What he said, where he went, what he did, so that others would meet him, that others would wonder about him, would question him, challenge him, befriend him. Um, uh, sometimes he even offended people, but the bottom line was always, always this. After you met Jesus, things would never ever be the same again. And we'll see that this morning. That's exactly what happened with this fella um, called Zacchaeus. And from what we read, and from what we read in the Bible about Zacchaeus, it caught him by surprise. If you're not a Christian here this morning, watch out. Jesus can catch you by surprise. Have you met Jesus yet? Hello? 
Let's read it, shall we? Let's read this encounter. Luke 19, um, 1 to 10. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, I can relate to that, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down. What are you doing up there? Come down immediately. I must. It is necessary for me to stay with you in your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. Grump, grump. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I'll pay back four times the amount. Jesus just watched and said to him, Today salvation has come to this house because this man too, even him, is a son of Abraham for the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. Yes, Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you that we don't have to imagine who God is, but actually we can read about, we can see, as we said this morning, Jesus is alive. We can see and encounter and hear and listen to and um, engage with and love and be intimate with God himself through Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that it isn't a figment of our imagination, but actually we have these historical documents in the Bible, tried and tested, proved, that we can come to know the living Jesus, encounter him, and for our lives to be changed. So I pray pray this morning as we uh, come to our annual gift day, be with us. Be with us as we faithfully press on in all you've called us to. Be with us as uh, you speak to us individually and together as a church. I pray, Holy Spirit, that increasingly more and more we can be that church you've called, to be, called us to be. A church for everyone. Looking in, meeting Jesus, and be trans- being transformed by him in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. So the point I feel, there's lots of points to this story, but the point I feel God wants to impress upon us here, Jubilee, is that the church of Jesus Christ is for everyone. That's the big deal. That's the big idea this morning. That's the message, if you like. And the reason I feel God is bringing this to us this morning is that as we move forward, this is very important to the church that Jesus is building here. Because we all like the idea of a church for everyone, but on the ground, working this out is tough, is hard, very hard. It causes sometimes disagreements and conflicts sometimes. It looks messy. Yeah, it's harder to join people in. I loved some of those pictures that Matthew showed us of a diverse, all-out, whole lot of different people church. But it, and, and despite it being messy and difficult to build a church like that, it's slower. It's harder to join people in. But despite this, this is the church we feel as elders and you over the years have gone on a journey on. This is the church that God is building here. Unique, very different. 
This is why people talk about you, Jubilee, and you don't always get this either, but they talk about you all around the world. And this encounter, I feel, helps us engage. At its very, it helps us because at its very roots, it's about how Jesus responds to someone who is different, who's marginalized, hated, not in. And it challenges us to look at ourselves both individually and together as a church. How are we to be more and more a church for everyone? So let's walk through it bit by bit. I don't have loads of points. Um, um, we're just going to take it as the story this morning. So, who is Zacchaeus? Verse 1, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus, and he was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. This is a tricky question. Who was Zacchaeus? Because on the one hand, we all know what uh, tax collector... We all know, if you've been in church settings or whatever, you, you all know that tax collectors were bad. But on the other hand, we really don't get how how bad they would have been in the, uh, in, the, in, in the days of Jesus. How bad they really were in, these, in this ancient culture. Ancient day tax collectors were mean. People hated them. People feared them. These guys were Jewish sellouts. What they did day to day was considered religious and political treason. They were betrayers. They were greedy. They were ruthless. Reading the history books, they were often known, as, uh, often known for stealing money. They were known for their excessive, immoral living. They were the worst of the worst. Jesus, uh, had, one of his on his, uh, Jesus had one of them on his team. Think about that. But Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, we've heard about tax collectors, but Zacchaeus, he was cream of the crop. He was top of the pops. He was the chief of all debauchery and hatred and sin. Meet Zacchaeus. If we had a modern day parallel, and we don't, he'd be like a pimp who owned loads of prostitutes, who was also a drug dealer and a hitman and a gang leader, and with all the cash he'd raked in through all those terrible things, he secretly funded ISIS. Are you getting the picture? That's Zacchaeus, not the cuddly, cute man that we sometimes see in our children's Bibles, sitting next to a cat. There's loads of cats in the Bible, children's Bibles. This man was not welcome in the church. There would have been no love for, from the, the love for him from the people of God, the church of his day. This man was an outcast. Theologian Preston Sprinkle tells the story of a lady called Leslie. Leslie grew up physically as a girl. But as early as she could remember, uh, though, Leslie felt that although she looked like a girl, all of her experience right from the tender age of four was like she was a boy. She said it's really hard to explain when, they were tr- when, when um, Preston was speaking to her. She said it was really hard to explain, but the day-to-day stuff I thought about, toys, the toys I played with, clothes I wore and wanted to wear, was all about being a boy. As she grew up older, though, increasingly she realized that there, were, there was a disconnect between the gender she was, she, was being, she was born with and the reality of her experience. Now, Leslie 
really deeply loved Jesus. She grew up in the church. She had fond memories of worship and praising Jesus. But increasingly, as she realized more and more this disconnect, she started to wrestle with what her faith told her and what she was experiencing in her body. She remembers when she was around high school age, her pastor at the time gave a series of sermons where he condemned all homosexuals to hell. That God had no such forgiveness for such deviance. That's what he said. And even worse was the mentally ill transgender community. Terrible. These were the things, he rec- uh, these were the things uh, she recalled him saying. Men becoming women, women. I'm just reading it as she said it. Men becoming women, women becoming men. These, are the, these people are abomination before God. We must protect our children from them, he said. And worst of all, Leslie remembers her friends in the congregation all shouting, Amen, as they showed their appropriate levels of disgust and hatred for this group of people. And Leslie remembers being so ashamed for being such an abomination to the God she adored. Obviously, this Christian God had no place for her in his world, and followers of this God had no place for her in their church. And so she ended up leaving the church, and it became evident that people like her were not welcome there. Zacchaeus would have felt the same way, for different reasons. He would have been brought up in the Jewish tradition right from childhood, but all, right from childhood, and over this time, um, 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 he would have been brought up in everything about God. He would have been, and, and eventually, as he grew up, this would have changed. He would have been hated and marginalized, not welcome. Do you believe we live in a world where there are Zacchaeuses all around us. We live in a world full of lifestyles and worldviews, different things, thing, thinking that clashes with what God says. We are increasingly living in a church where more and more Zacchaeuses come our way. I remember Ray, you remember Ray? I can't remember his surname now, but I remember Ray who used to be in the church years and years ago prophesying uh, years and years ago in a prayer meeting at the woodshed when we used to have our prayer meetings in the woodshed and he said that God is making out there look, like, look more like in here. Yeah? That's what's happening. That's been happening over the years. What church, Jubilee, are we going to be to the Zacchaeuses amongst us? Hold on to that question. Let's read on. Verse 3, he want, uh, Zacchaeus, he wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. This is fascinating. When it comes to Jesus' life, this is the thing that most fascinates me about Jesus. It's a thing that generates lots of questions for me, both individually, but also as we uh, oversee the church. You see, Jesus was always heavy on the truth, wasn't he? He loved the Word of God. He never compromised on the truth of God's high call to his followers. Never. The Sermon on the Mount is probably the most strict 
cord of morality that there is, bigger than the Ten Commandments. He said things like, if you lust after a woman, it's like you've committed adultery. He said, if you get angry, it's like you're murdering someone in your heart. Jesus said, love your enemies. He said, marriage is for life. Jesus set the bar incredibly high. Jesus cared deeply, deeply about righteousness and obedience and sin. He did. But even though that was true, so true about Jesus, those very people who broke all those rules, people who clearly felt marginalized by the church of the day, people whose lives weren't all together, those very same people, even after hearing Jesus' high, high, high teaching, for some reason came flocking to him in their thousands, difference of different people, many people. That's what fascinates me. And so the question is this, what was it that was so compelling and magnetic about Jesus that despite his high line, his high morality, people just couldn't stop drawing near to him? And therefore, what is it about the church that so often clashes with Jesus, like the story we heard about Leslie? Let's read on. Verse 5. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up at Zacchaeus and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must, it is necessary, that's the other translation of that word, stay at your house today. So he came at once and welcomed him gladly. Wow! Do you see how amazing this is? I hope I've painted the picture properly so far. You see, this, you see, if this was me, I would have seen an amazing church planting opportunity right here. I would have taken the situation all the way home. Picture it. The crowds all hated Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus disobeyed all the rules of God's law. This was showdown time. Pistols at dawn. All I had to do was bring him down. All I had to do was Get, call him to the carpet and the crowds would have went wild. You demand, go Raj Saha. Jubilee Church, multi-site, plant right there. Boom. Praise God that Jesus is leading this church. He doesn't do that, does he? Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. <laughs> you see, this was a big deal. Sarush gets it. He talks about it every week. In ancient culture, staying at someone's home and eating with them, because he was brought up in this culture, wasn't just entertainment. No, it was big. It was a sign of love. It was a sign of acceptance of relationship. I want to be with you. Can we share life together? Can we be friends? Jesus loved Zacchaeus at the cost of his reputation. Ultimately, his life. That's what love looks like, doesn't it, Jubilee? Real love. Love beyond reason. Jesus said to one of the teachers of the law in another bit of the Bible, when asked, of all the commandments, which is the most important? 
The commandments were very important to the Jewish people. Of all of them, which is the most important? What is the thing that is so important to us as believers? And Jesus said this, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. Get the point? The second is this, Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Jubilee, if we're not primarily remembered for love, we will never be like Jesus. If we're not demonstrating Jesus' love to those who never receive love anywhere else, we will never be a church for everyone. Truth is important, very important. Don't hear what I'm not saying. But love, Jubilee, is what made people come to Jesus. They saw it from miles off. They they experienced it. They touched it. They felt it. They received it. They were transformed by it. That's what Baz Muhammad said uh, when I was talking to him not too long ago. That he said he received when he came to Jubilee Church. That's what Fumi experienced. That's, That's what Sana from Pakistan felt, whose thank you card Liz Winston read out the other day for all of us the other morning. That was the experience of me too 16 years ago as as a messed up, confused, grieving, angry young doctor. You showed me love. Verse 7. All the people saw this and began to mutter. He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. That was me doing that deliberately, by the way. They muttered. They grumbled. They complained under their breath. They murmured their disgust. But Jesus sees deeper, doesn't he? He sees bigger sins than just the sins of the flesh or the in-your-face sins that we obviously see in Zacchaeus. They were obvious. But Jesus sees what some Christian thinkers calls call sins of the spirit not so obvious not as colorful maybe not as gossip provoking attitudes like pride and arrogance and self-righteousness and judgmentalism and prejudice he saw these sins especially in the religious people of the day the church of the day they thought it they thought it was possible to love god and despise people they thought they were top of the pops when it came down to spiritual maturity because they avoided sins of the flesh They had no idea that their sin, sins of the Spirit, were just as bad, worse probably. Jesus battled with them more than anyone else. The church should be different. Philip Yancey tells a story. A prostitute came to me in a wretched state, homeless, sick, unable to buy food for her two-year-old daughter. Through sobs and tears, she told me that she had been renting out her daughter, two years old, to men who were interested. She made more renting out her daughter for an hour than she could earn on her own in a whole night. She had to do it, she said, to support her own drug habit. I could hardly bear hearing her sordid story. At last I asked if she had ever, at last I asked if she had ever thought of going to a church for help. I will never forget the look of pure, naive shock that crossed her face. Church, she cried, why would I ever go there? I was already feeling terrible about myself. They'd 
just make me feel worse. Jubilee, I'm glad that that is not the experience here. But Jubilee, God is calling us to be more and more a church known, celebrated, talked about for our love. A place where people, Mona shared this the other day at our Exploring Leaders group, a place where people draw near to Jesus. She used Zacchaeus as an example, actually. A place where where they feel at home, a a love that welcomes everyone into into the truth, into righteousness and the reality of Jesus, our great, great rescuer. So what happens next? Look carefully at the text. What does Jesus do in the house? You'd have imagined him coming in, maybe right, coming in and, and maybe locking the door so there were no interruptions and uh, saying, look here, little man. I've just saved your little tax collecting behind. What I'm, what I'm about to say to you now, I didn't want to do in front of everyone else, but, everyone else, but hey, there's just the two of us now. We can talk straight, yeah? Look at yourself. You have serious issues, Zacchaeus. You're a liar. You're a thief. You're greedy. You're a shame to humanity. You're a mess. Look here, buddy. You need to get your act together. Maybe you could start by giving back all you've taken. In fact, according to the rules, Leviticus 6, maybe you need to give back all you have plus 20% more. That would do it. 120% right there. That would do it. Go, go and sort yourself out. Is that what he says? What does he say? It's a question, a real question, not a rhetorical question. What does he say? Shout it out. Nothing. What would you have said? That's right. Jesus doesn't say a word in this setting. He says, as Lou just said, Nothing. He comes into the house of the worst of sinners. He defies all popular expectations of him. He shows love beyond reason. And then he sits there and says nothing. In fact, all he does is watch. He watches Zacchaeus joyfully, excitedly, eagerly. You can imagine him jumping up and down, repenting, saying, sorry, this is what I'm going to do. He watches him turn away from his sin. Verse 8, But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. That's the power of Jesus' grace-filled gospel, isn't it? That's the power of love. We watched uh, Back to the Future the other night, theme tune. That's the power of... No, it doesn't matter. That's the power of love. Unconditional love. He only needs to give back 120, 120% according to the strict rules. But he gives back 400%. 400%. That's what the Apostle Paul gets at in Romans 2.4 when he says, God's kindness, his acceptance, his love towards us is intended to lead you to repentance, change, all-out transformation. That's what love does. That's what love motivates us to. Excessive generosity, 
eye-popping kindness, head-turning repentance, radical transformation, joyful rejoicing, faithful obedience. Those words shouldn't go together, but they do in Jesus Christ. When we give today or over the next few weeks, that's the kind of generosity that Jesus is calling us to. Not a number, not a, do I really have to do this? Not a going through the motions, but an act of faith jubilee. Not a burden, but an act of joy, motivated by the love of Jesus that he showed you. Jubilee, the church is for everyone. I want to encourage you this morning uh, to give to our reaching out alpha strategy. As, As Sarush said the other day, that was love right there. Alpha on Sunday night last week was phenomenal. If you're you're a visitor this morning, you want to come to Alpha, come tonight. It's free. There's going to be food. Lots of fun. You'll get to know people. Come tonight, 7.45 here. This morning, I want to encourage you to give to our young people and kids through New Day and our New Day strategy and exploring more and more ways to get them on the receiving Jesus, reaching out, restoring community, releasing everyone adventure. How can they be part of this mission that God has, uh, has called us to? I want to encourage you this morning to give to our leadership and training strategies. We bring more and more people to the, core, to the call of this church. I want to encourage you this morning to give to the nations a mission spanning the waters, crossing divides, resourcing the poor, making Jesus known, planting churches. This is what is going on in our churches that we have relationship with, in Ethiopia, in Turkey, in Ghana, other nations. I want to encourage you this morning to give to our new people strategy as we look at better ways of welcoming and nurturing new people into the church, a church for everyone. Leslie, let's get back to Leslie. Leslie, after she left the church, she joined the lesbian, gay, and transgender bisexual community, LGTB. She she became friends with them. She was widely accepted and loved there. And eventually, she got married to another woman. But five years later, her wife died of cancer, and Leslie was devastated. And it was around that time that Leslie met another pastor from another church at a coffee shop. He befriended her. He bought her a coffee and eventually invited her over for dinner. And Leslie, well, she was, she was terrified. She was scared, and rightly so. Think about her last experience with a the, with the church pastor who shouted out across the clapping audience that she was an abomination before God and was unsavable. Well, this pastor invited her for for a meal and she struck up the courage to say yes. Remember by now she is full-on transgender, dresses, makeup, the works. And she goes round for dinner and they have a great time. At the end of the night, the pastor says, thank you so much for coming. Can we do this again sometime? I've I've so loved this conversation. And so it happens again and again and again. She's confused, but she says yes. Meals, conversation, fun, acceptance, love. And eventually, Leslie 
um, just says it how it is to her to him one day because she's so confused look I don't get this you know who I am you see who I am why are you a Christian pastor having dinner with a transgender man I don't get it you're not supposed to like people who are like me that's what she said and he said this look Leslie I am a pastor an elder a, a minister of of the God of Jesus Christ and I love you and have enjoyed being with you because you are also loved by him. And that's what turned her life upside down. That's what brought Leslie back into the church of Jesus. Love without footnotes. Love without small print. Love beyond reason. Love that was real. The same love that made Zacchaeus um, uh, run around joyfully and repent. And now Leslie's fully joined to the church family again. And she runs a ministry to other kids who wrestle with their gender confusion or difficulties. What's called gender dysphoria in medicine. And she can now mediate the Christian truth to them with love. But also say, look, I know exactly what you are going through. Do you realize how valuable she is to the kingdom. Having lived this for many years, very truthful about how she still wrestles with this today. It's not easy. It's a daily struggle, she says. But she declares that she is so thankful to be in the community of Jesus that welcomes her and supports her in her daily challenges and difficulties. Verse 9, when Zacchaeus' life was turned around, Zacchaeus, uh, verse 9 tells us when Zacchaeus' life was totally turned around by love, Jesus said to him this, Today salvation has come to this house because this man too, too, too's there in, in there deliberately, despite all the scars and sin and debauchery of uh, Zacchaeus, this man too is a son of Abraham. He belongs. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. That's the mission of Jesus. Is that the mission of the church? Despite all the difference, despite all the sins, despite all the friction, Jesus welcomes Zacchaeus with arms wide open. His life is transformed. Even him, Zacchaeus. Jubilee, welcome to a church for everyone. Kids and teens, babies and grandparents, students and teachers, clever bods and people who haven't got through school, lone parents, singles, same-sex attracted, married, those who have gone through bereavement and divorce, the healthy, those in remission and others who are still fighting illness and believing. We have the employed and the job seeker, the long-term sick and the long-term care. We also have those who, who legally dish out drugs and those who have illegally dished out drugs. We have current law keepers. We have previous lawbreakers. We have army guys and doctors and sparks and plumbers and musicians, shelf stackers and managers, till operators, alcohol dependents and calc uh, counselors. We have one-time atheists, agnostics, skeptics, one-time Muslims, one-time Hindus. We have red and yellow, maybe some green, all unhappy that the world is blue. We have pro-Brexit. We have anti-Brexit. 
We have people from the UK, from Eritrea, from Iran, Afghanistan, probably loads of other countries that I haven't mentioned. Jubilee, I thank God daily that this really is a church for everyone. Because of Jesus, His loving, life-giving, power-filled, wall-demolishing, freedom-setting, life-transforming, love-declaring work on the cross, we are one. Everyone. One hope, one Lord, one, one faith, transformed by love and declaring that very same love to others. That's what we give to this morning. Jesus' mission. Jubilee, will you continue on this journey with us? If you're new here, will you join in, step in to this mission? I'm, I'm going to be totally honest with you. It's going to cost you everything. I promise you that. But, but, the rewards are remarkable. You have eternity to gain. Eternity with Jesus. And that eternity of, eternity of rejoicing and being and the presence of God forever, always safe, always joyful, well, that's a no-brainer to me. It really is. Let's stand. If the band could come up, that would be great.